Bradshot, but was replaced by John Talbot and Thomas Scales, lieutenants of the Duke of Bedford, and the siege was continued remorselessly. Famine and exhaustion must surely reduce the town. There was a truce on Christmas Day agreed by both sides, from nine o'clock in the morning until three o'clock in the afternoon, and during this time Glasdale and other lords of England requested of the Bastard of Orléans and of the Lord of Saint-Sebert, Marshal of France, that they might have a note of high minstrelry, trumpets and clarions, which was granted them. And they played the instruments quite a long time, making great melody. But as soon as the truces were over, each fell again on guard. So reads the journal of the Siege of Orléans. In February, disaster overtook the French when they attacked an English convoy. Unable to agree on a common strategy, the French captains and their allies, under the constable of Scotland, suffered great losses and were driven back into the town. The day of the herrings was the last attempt to deliver the town before Joan's arrival. When Jean Dunois, known as the Bastard of Orléans, heard of her, he sought further information. Returned from their mission to the king, my messengers told me of the coming of the maid and how she was come to raise the siege of Orléans and to conduct the noble Dauphin to Reims, that he might be there consecrated. Dunois was encouraged to hear that at Joan's insistence, an army was being raised at Blois to bring victuals and armed relief to Orléans. The official chronicler of the Dauphin recorded, Were laden in the town many carts of wheat, and were taken great plenty of beeves, sheep, cows, swine, and other victuals, and Joan the maid set out, as also the captains, straight towards Orléans by the Solon Way and lay one night in the open, and on the morrow came Joan the maid and the captains with the supplies before the town of Orléans. All approaches to the town were in the hands of the English, except the Bourgogne Gate at the east, but Dunois and others crossed the Loire by boat and met Joan a quarter of a league from the town. Joan was counseled to order her relief force to make a detour to approach from the east. Moreover, there was a shortage of boats and rafts, and the direct approach would have to be made upstream against the prevailing wind. In God's name, the counsel of the Lord your God is wiser and safer than yours. I bring you better succor than has reached you from any soldier or any city. It is succor from the King of Heaven. Forthwith, and as in the same moment, the wind, which was contrary and absolutely prevented the boats moving upstream, in which were laden the victuals for Orléans, changed and became favourable. Forthwith I had the sails hoisted and sent in the rafts and vessels. From that moment I had good hope in her, more than before, and I implored her to cross the river of Loire and to enter into the town of Orléans, where she was greatly wished for. After some hesitation, Joan left her main support force and entered the town with Dunois by torchlight, mounted on a white horse to a tumultuous welcome. Joan's first act was to send a summons to the English commander to vacate all French territory and return to his own country. And make answer if you wish to make peace in the city of Orléans. And if you make it not, you shall shortly remember it to your very great injury. Written this Tuesday of Holy Week, March 22nd, 1429. This could have been the first definite news of the maid's presence to reach the English. There had been vague rumours amongst the people but until now she had not been regarded as a serious threat. Her challenge in the name of God of Heaven was regarded as a last desperate subterfuge by a tottering opponent, unable to offer further resistance by force of arms. Days of frustration followed for Joan. She was impatient to attack the enemy, but the captains were unwilling to do so until the main army had arrived from Blois. 
Joan had to content herself with shouting her challenge from the boulevard, where the two sides confronted one another, calling on the English to withdraw. They replied with insults, asking her if they were expected to surrender to a woman. If you yield yourselves to God's commands, your lives will be spared. If we can lay hands on you, Calco, we will have you burnt! On Sunday, May the 1st, Dunois rode to Blois to fetch the reinforcements, and during his absence no operations could be launched. He returned on Wednesday, Joan riding out to meet him. That night Joan arose suddenly from her bed and awoke her intendant, Jean Dulon. In God's name, my counsel had told me to go against the English. Dulon helped Joan put on her armour, aided by the lady of the house, and saddled and bridled her horse. Armed and carrying her standard, she rode at speed towards the Burgoyne Gate. The English were preparing their defences when Joan came upon them in haste.